day 249. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm Keith. I'm John. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it, to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So Mark. Yeah. Book of Mark. few things we should know about the Book of Mark. Right. I, we know this first episode is always a little longer. Um, it's... First and fast paced, right? So the Mark is actually the first gospel that is written right. um, out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's extremely fast paced. So he's going to use this word uh, immediately, right? Yeah. Over yep. and over. Immediately, immediately, immediately. He'll, he'll use like nine times in the first two chapters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Matthew was more about the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. We had those big five blocks. Here he's more about the deeds and the works of Jesus. And he's going to put Jesus in front of your face and let you decide yeah, kind of what you think or right. if you want to follow him. Right? Yep. Discipleship's a big theme in this gospel as well. Tradition believes that Peter, this, yeah. this is this uh, this is Mark's gospel who wrote it, but it's from Peter's perspective. Yeah. And so if you ever read 1 Peter and Mark together, you see kind of similar theological and thematic themes right. that actually coalesce. Um, but one other thing, man, Mark's, Mark is going to do is show Jesus as the suffering servant. Mm-hmm. Right? He's going to deal with the suffering. He's going to have this long passion narrative as we talked about before. And he's going to show him as the son of man from Daniel 7, who is at the right hand or who belongs at the right hand of the father. This is the guy who is the Messiah. Yep. All right. So a few things, the four gospels, right? So uh, Matthew is going to show Jesus as the son of David. Yeah. yeah. Mark is going to show him as the son of man. Yeah. Right. Luke is going to show him as the son of adam Mm -hmm. john is going to show him as the son of god right so it's all Mm. right we're just getting a different vantage point and perspective all right here's what i love about how mark starts mark chapter one starts off like this uh the beginning of the gospel of jesus the son of god right Mm. the beginning of the good news now we say it all the time right the bible is more like a window than a mirror we come to it to look through it and see god we don't come to it to, to, to look at it and primarily see ourselves. This is where it's helpful to know this. All right. The Bible does inform the way that we live, mm-hmm. but just because it informs the way that we live, it doesn't mean that it's an instruction manual. Sure. We don't read it like that, right? Sure. There's another type of literature that informs the way that you live, um, and it's a newspaper, Mm-hmm. So what a newspaper will do is it will record significant events that go on in the world that are meant to inform the reader, this took place, mm-hmm. and as a result of this, this is how you live. Yeah. Mark is like, I right, listen, here's the good news about the Son of God, God's perfect Son. God has a perfect Son that has come into the world, and we're going to show you all of this stuff. And as a result of this, we learn how it is that we should live. So we come to it, and we can almost, right, not completely, yeah, your metaphor breaks down, we can almost treat this like a newspaper. People who find themselves, say, in World War II, and on the front of the paper, it says, the war is done, they read through the rest, mm-hmm. and now it changes how they live by the time that they're done with that paper. That's what Mark is meant to do. Absolutely. The word good news, euvangelion, yep. literally 
is was commonly used of reports of victory right. from a military or political context. There we go. And so, in other words, what Marcus trying to do here is show you, like, no, the victory that God promised, the sal- the salvation and victory that God promised to bring is here. Yeah. Right. And it's in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So in chapter one, yep. he's gonna say that to kind of bracket his whole book. Yep. Right. And you know, in, in one, he's going to just rehearse again. Mark is going to compress all of the events we've seen in Matthew. And in like 10 verses, <laughs> Jesus is going to rehearse the story of Israel, right? Yeah. Where he's going to like get baptized. Yep. He's going to be in the wilderness for 40 days. He's going to have literally the spirit descending on him like a dove. The father saying, I'm well pleased. Right. Isaiah 42 illusion. Right. Holy Spirit comes down like father. The whole the whole trinity is going to be there as he's commissioned by John the Baptist right. in the Old Testament uh, prophets would anoint the kings. So he is being anointed as the messianic king here to start his ministry. Mark doesn't even get into a birth narrative, bro. Yeah. Like he just gets right yeah, to like, it. Yeah, yeah, let's just start, y'all. Yeah, yeah, Satan. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Good news. Yeah. Matthew is going to go into depth and expound that. And Mark's like, no, listen, he was tempted and he won. Like, it's it's no time. Quick to... work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I love 115. Yeah. Jesus' first words is, right. um, you know, he says, repent. Uh, and preach the good news of the kingdom, right? Basically, right. he says that. And it's like, yo, one of the things you see here, the good news is going to bracket this whole entire first chapter. Right. And uh, the beginning of the first chapter, at least. And one of the things we see is that he says, preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Right. And he hadn't died or resurrected. So in other words, most times when we think of the gospel, if I ask the average church goer, what is the gospel? They say, oh, death, resurrection of Jesus that yeah. forgives my sins. Not wrong. Right. But here Jesus is like, yo, preach the good news of the kingdom. Right now. I, I'm, I, I just started. I'm here. <laughs> so so what, is, what, is, what is the gospel then? Yeah. In other words, it has to include the kingdom of God. Right. right? It has mm. to include God's reign and rule coming to drive out the forces of darkness. Now in Matthew, in, in chapter one alone, you know what he's going to do? He's going to heal uh, demon-possessed men right. and women. What he says, he says, yo, don't go tell nobody, right? Why? Because it's this concept of the messianic secret in Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The messianic secret is this. I don't want people to misunderstand the messianic rule and what kind of Messiah I am that I have to suffer first right. before I get to my glory, Yeah. right? So when I come doing these demons, I don't want people to think I'm just a miracle worker, yep. right? But we do see even in his miracles, he does a ton of demon uh, casting out. The kingdom of God is pushing back the kingdom of darkness. Right. So uh, Mark is written to a Roman audience, you know this, yeah. right? And um, they're being oppressed by Rome. And right. Jesus is showing them, it's like, yes, Rome. Yeah. But Satan is the ultimate enemy of yourself. Right, right, right. And I'm coming here as the king of the universe to drive him out. I love what you brought out about the messianic secret. And here's the best way that I think can, uh, uh, that'll help folks grasp it, right? It's like this. All right. You know, you put chicken on the grill. Mm-hmm. And if it's undercooked, <laughs> yeah. it'll still taste good. People can consume it, yeah. but if it's undercooked, it's actually gonna hurt them. Mm. They've got to wait, and it's got to be cooked all the way I through. I knew you would have an illustration for this, yeah. bro. Jesus is saying, "No, no, look, look, look. No, I am the Messiah, but the understand that truth in your mind, mm-hmm. it's yes. undercooked. Yes. If you let me use this word, it's under true. Yeah, that's good. If you consume it now, it'll hurt you. Yeah. So look." Like, don't touch this on the grill right now. Mm. You got to let me cook it. Let me get all the way through. And then people are going to be able to consume it because they'll understand what he really came to do. do right? Absolutely. And at the end of Mark 1, here's what I love. 
Jesus starts off and it's like, yo, this is the good news of God's perfect son. And at the end of Mark 1, Jesus is out in a desolate place. Mm-hmm. A leper comes, wants to be healed by him. Mm-hmm. Jesus heals him, sends him into town and says, hey, don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. The leper goes back into town, starts to run his mouth, tells everybody. everybody. Yeah. And the statement at the end is like, look, now Jesus couldn't even go into town. And so what you have is this. The leper should have been the one that was outcast on the outside of town. Mm. Jesus should have been the one to run freely inside of the town. But in healing him, Jesus trades places with him mm, and good. shows, yeah, this is this microcosm of what he's going to do mm. with us. Jesus is going to be expelled outside of the camp Amen. so that we could, yeah, be at home. Oh, that's good. I missed yeah. that. That's super good, bro. Yeah. yeah. Suffering servant. He's going to trade places with the suffering right. leper there. Chapter two. You know, miracles, all right, he's going to kill the paralytic and forgive his sins, right? He's going to say, yo, so that you know, the son of man, like we talked about, has authority on earth to forgive sins. He's going to forgive sins and he's going to heal them. They can't see, the forgiveness of sins is intangible. We can't see that. But he's like, yo, so you know that, that, that that's true? I'm going to do something that you can see that is tangible, that is empirically verifiable. So he does that. He's the son of man. He's showing us he's God in the flesh. Then after that, he tells a tax collector, Matthew, to come follow him. Yeah. Pharisees, again, the Pharisees is at his neck. Yo, he's with tax collectors and sinners, yeah. whole nine yards. Um, and we see here, regardless of Jesus not wanting to be one wanting to be misunderstood, he's still misunderstood. Right. Right. Um, and so we see that. Then they ask about his disciples, right? And so the disciples, he's like, yo, why don't your disciples fast? Like John's disciples fast. And so we even see here. Following Jesus for the disciples as well means being misunderstood, right? And so um, we see that discipleship, again, is a huge theme in Mark. And one of the things I love about uh, this book is that you're going to see a ton uh, what Jesus goes through, in a sense, the disciples go through. Right. Meaning people don't understand that's on the outside. Yeah. And Jesus has to explain the things um, that are true on the inside to his disciples. Um. Yep, Mark 3, my man getting the bus. Yep. Healing folks, doing his thing, crowds are pressing in on him. Yeah. Uh, he's just has this like fame in yeah. a sense. And you know what Christ does? Oh, you about to say something? No, no, no. Say it. He continues to associate with the sick, the lowly, and the destitute. And yeah. it's like, yo. What do we do? Right? When right. our when our name starts to buzz, when we start to get right. some clout. We start to hang out with the people who got clout, yeah. right? And Jesus just shows us, no, that's not the way of the kingdom. Right. I still came here for those who are suffering and who are in need. Yeah. And this is where you really start to see, right? At the end of the day, right? Matthew, Luke, and all those guys, they're going to take some time before they get to the tension. Yep. Mark 3, Jesus comes. And like in Mark 2 and 3, you know, Jesus is intentionally starting to do all these things on the Sabbath. Jesus could have chose any other day to heal these folks, Mm -hmm. but he heals it at the start of Mark 3. He tells them this, look, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? This is Mark 3, uh, 4. Yep. Or to do evil. And right here, look, to save a life or to kill. It's like, save a life or to kill? Jesus, that seems really broad. Yeah. Uh, Like, why would you put those two extremes. Mm-hmm. The laws just said it's bad to work. Mm. And what Jesus does is he heals this man on the Sabbath. Mm. 
the Pharisees get mad that he broke this law, mm. and on that very day, on the Sabbath, mm -hmm. they get on a conference call to kill him. to talk about how they're going to kill him. Mm. And you start to see like, oh, as Jesus comes in and does this stuff, nobody can remain neutral, right? Mm. There's no moderates, right? Mm. There's people that are, I wholly trust him with yeah. all my life or uh, we want to kill him or yeah. destroy him. And that's the effect that Jesus has when he enters into a space. He introduces a kind of conflict that's either going to create mm. disciples mm. or um, conspirators to plot and to kill him. Yeah, I love that. Charles Spurgeon, I think, says there's no in-between. We either crown Jesus or we crucify, crucify. him. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like... No in between. I love that too because again, once he gets this clout, Pharisees are always all, all, all right. at his neck. He gets this clout from all these people, and then right after that, he chooses the twelve, right? Showing that yo, like Jesus doesn't want fans, right? He wants followers, yeah, right? Fans, yo, I could be mad at Steph Curry and just turn off the TV. There's no real investment, right? But if I'm following this man, if mm -hmm. I'm following someone, if I'm following Jesus, it's definitely going to cost me something. So he gets the twelve yeah. here corresponding to the 12 tribes of Israel, and God is going to bring his plan, not just through Jesus, but through his people right. as well. The kingdom does not just advance through Christ, us. It advances through us who are empowered by Christ. Chapter four, love chapter four, yeah. right? Starts off with the parable of the sower. Right. And it's so interesting because he uses the parable of the sower different than Matthew does. Yeah. So he's going to say it, then he's going to say, why are you using parables? And then he's going to say, yo, this is the paradigm parable. Right. Right? In other words, he says, yo, in 4.13, he's like, fam, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of them. Right. And Jesus' point is, this parable, once he explains it, he's like, yo, all I'm saying is this. Those who sold, the seed who sold on good ground are those who hear the word, yep. understand it, respond to it, and bear fruit. Right. It is that simple. Following Jesus can be that simple. Yeah. Hearing Jesus' word. Yeah. Responding to it yeah. and thus bearing fruit. Right. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> what I love is that he reserves that understanding for the committed, right? Yep. You look through Mark 4 and it's like, no, no look, he's going to say the parable to everybody, but to the disciples, he's going to give the meaning. All right. Yes. Here's what you need to know about Mark. Mark is split up into these three parts. Yep. Mark 1 through 8 is basically Jesus traveling in circles. So he's just mm. going around healing. Yep. And one through eight is Mark presenting the case like, listen, you can trust Jesus. Yes. So you should follow him. Mm. Mark eight through 10 is all about Jesus going to Jerusalem, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you should follow him to death. Yeah. But then Mark 12 through the end of the book is, oh, no, no, no. But it's better than that, that anybody that follows Jesus to death will follow him through death yeah. to glory. Absolutely. And, man, one of the things I do want to say really quick yeah. is at the end of four, he's like, yo, he was speaking the word to them with many parables like these as they were able to understand. He did not speak to them without a parable. Privately, however, he explained everything to his disciples. Yeah. Um, the fact that they are receiving explanation about the kingdom of God and the teachings of this king shows that they are in the kingdom. Right. 
there's this idea of the mis- the gospel being a mystery, meaning that in some senses it was hidden in the Old Testament, right. but now it's been revealed. Yeah. Now, the thing that Christ is trying to say here is that just like us as Christians, there was a moment when the light switch went off, John. Right. There was a moment when we understood Jesus' words. Right. Why? Yeah. Right? It's not because of anything special about us, per right. se. It's that Jesus revealed himself and his kingdom right. to us. Yeah. So in other words, we see here with the disciples, this kingdom doesn't come uh, yeah, randomly or haphazardly, yeah. but it comes by Jesus revealing it to us. Amen. Right? Yeah. Father, we thank you for the fact that you've chosen to reveal your kingdom to us. Uh, Give us grace to respond accordingly. It's in Jesus' name we pray.